Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we pray this morning that you would be merciful to all those in trouble, those who are exhausted, those who are in deep sorrow, those whose lives are ebbing away, those who are without friends, those who are forgotten by the world. Ever-loving God, we trust them to your care. We trust ourselves to your care, and to your guidance, and to your strength. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning and for the next several Sundays, I'm going to be preaching from 2 Corinthians. We are going to uh, take a trip to Corinth and see uh, how Paul's word, Paul's letters to this church might help us and inform us in our thinking about our faith. With that much in in mind, it might be helpful to you to know just a few things about Corinth. A little bit of the context of the verses that I'm going to read, and then a little bit more after uh, I've concluded that reading. But Corinth, located in Greece, was perfectly positioned to be what we might call a successful church. A church that could have grown uh, and rivaled the church in Rome in terms of size and stature. It was at a uh, crossroads of commerce. There were all kinds of shipping that went through the uh, isthmus that separated Corinth from uh, part of the rest of Greece. They had every opportunity. If you were in uh, New Church Starts Today, if you were working for our general church or our region, and your responsibility was church planting, New Church Starts, one of the things that you would look for Uh, As a church began to start and as it began to to take root a little bit and began to think about where do we want to be located? How do we want to be located? What would be important for us? And the things that those folks look at are visibility. Is it in a visible location? Is it in a place that's growing? Is it in a place that that people can easily see, that people are driving by, walking by on a daily basis? A place where if you said, I go to such and such a church, people would, and, and you said it's at this intersection, people would immediately know what you were talking about. Well... 
Corinth had all those qualifications. They met the criteria for great location. But yet, they struggled for their entire existence in how to be church. In how to get beyond some of the things that troubled them. How to get beyond some of the questions that they had. How to even get beyond the relationship that they had with Paul. Because the relationship with Paul was tenuous. Paul spent at least two years, we think, anywhere from 18 months to over two years in Corinth. Well, he, he knew the folks well. Even though we have two letters that Paul wrote, we believe that they're fragments of a third letter that are in 2 Corinthians. And we believe that Paul wrote this church at least five times uh, in his absence. Out of concern, out of love, out of his, uh, his uh, strong desire to give them some grounding and some direction. The other thing about this letter to the Corinthians is that when we read it, you'll see this in a minute as I read scripture. When we read it, what we're trying to do is interpret the, que the answer that's given based on a question that we don't know. We're looking at the answers, but we really don't know what they're answering. You know, the, we don't know the question. And because we don't know what question was asked with any degree of certainty, Corinthians, the Corinthian correspondence, is perhaps if you picked up commentaries, if you went and, and decided, I'm going to study more about Corinthians, and you went and started to try to search out information about the, these letters, about the church in Corinth and what's represented in these letters, what you would find is wide, wide differences of scholarly opinion based on how that scholar uh, believes the question was formed to Paul. So perhaps in Corinthians, more than any other book, letter in the New Testament, uh, you have a wider difference of point of view than in any other book or letter in the New Testament. We're constantly trying to uh, go there and, and draw something and, and see something, and we do see something that has meaning for us today, but also had a specific purpose when Paul wrote the words, almost 2,000 years ago. So, fourth chapter, 13th verse, through the fifth chapter, verse one. Paul is talking about his ministry to the church, and he's also talking about things this church and people in the church are facing. But just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with Scripture, 
I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak. In other words, Paul is saying we aren't doing anything different than what the prophets talked about. We believe and we're speaking. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus. And will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake. So that grace as it extends to more and more people may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, for what can be seen is temporary. But we look at that which is eternal. That which cannot be seen. Is eternal. For we know if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. God's word to the church. In many ways, Paul was trying to force a square peg into a round hole, and he couldn't get it quite. Right. The peg just wouldn't fit the way Paul wanted it to fit. The people wouldn't hear him in exactly the way that Paul wanted them to hear. So, in these verses, Paul uses the illustration, the metaphor, of what it's like to face death. And he does that. And reminds us that we are renewed even when we face that kind of affliction. That we're renewed still day by day. To go to the next day and the next day. George Washington Carver used to wake up every morning, put his feet on the floor. And the prayer that he prayed every single morning. Lord, what are you and I going to do together today? Renewed day by day, looking forward to the day. At the same time, what Paul says is we can be distracted. And we can, uh, in fact, be so distracted that we can forget that we are being renewed day by day. We can become so discouraged uh, with some of the tasks that, that we face that we have a difficult time celebrating God's presence in our life. One of my good friends in, in North Carolina, pastor in North Carolina, said some years ago, talking about his, his own uh, discouragement and, and uh, feel, just kind of feeling down a little bit. And, and wanting uh, somebody, anybody, you know, give, give me a, a pat on the back uh, kind of thing. And so he said this, and, and obviously I have never forgotten it, even though I've heard, heard this, uh, he said it well over 20 years ago. The problem, he said, with being a minister is if everything goes well, God gets all the credit. And if things don't go well, 
The minister gets all the blame. Well, some of us, perhaps all of us, have, have days like that where we just don't feel like things are going well and, and, or as well as we would like. And we wish somebody would give us a, a word of affirmation, a pat on the back, something, you know, to help us keep moving, help us keep going. Paul says uh, we can find that uh, through God's strength and spirit, that we're renewed each and every day. So even if we, we face, uh, and if we live long enough, we, and we face the advancing effects of, of getting older, um, we recognize it, you know, I certainly recognize as I get older, there are, are things, there are a lot of things that I, I can do, still do, and I thank God for that, but I'm very aware of the things that I can't do anymore. I don't know that I would have ever been able to climb Mount Everest, but I know I can't climb it now. So those things uh, begin to accumulate. Afflictions, if you will, and challenge us in our own life. You know, I took uh, this survey years ago. Uh, I think I was actually in seminary when I took it. But the, the test was, it was on stress, things that cause stress in your life. And it was a well-known instrument. It was used widely, and I think it's still used, the same thing today. You know, the interesting thing about that is that not only uh, the things that we would think and know that cause stress, not only were they there in that top 10 uh, of stress producers, anxiety producers, but right there with them, almost in equal number, were things that we would think are good, that we associate with joy. So, right there alongside Loss of a loved one, birth of a child. Right there alongside divorce is getting married. Right there beside or in that same top ten, right there, loss of a job, promotion or changing. Another one that's on that top ten list, you'll be glad to know, Will, is graduation. Because you get all those questions like I just asked you. What are you going to do now? What's next? You hardly have time to catch your breath on those things. Well, Paul, in the way he presents this to the church in Corinth, says... Thing, yes, things are constantly changing. So Paul's not just talking about outer nature like what's happening to us. You know, we're getting older. But he's also talking about just the, the world around us. It's changing. And change always unsettles. A normal life will not be free of afflictions. If we live long enough... You don't have to live too long for this to happen, but if you live long enough, you will face challenges. And the question when you face those challenges 
is where do you find your strength? Where do you find renewal? Where do you look and to what do you look when you are faced with something significant in your life? When you find out that uh, you are now, uh, before, without even realizing it, you are told you're in a health crisis. Your whole life is going to be flipped upside down because you're going to have to go through this for the next year. Or, when we lose a loved one in our life is flipped again. And we have to put one foot in front of the other and find the strength to do that. To follow normal routine. Change always unsettles us. Even the changes that we want. Paul looking at this church that is is very unsettled and, and Paul's writing from a very personal perspective. He's faced affliction on a regular basis. He knows what it's like to have your life threatened and to be in fear for your life. He knows what it's like To not know where the journey is going to lead. You can make plans. But because you've made the plans, that doesn't mean the plans will come to fruition. That you'll get to do what you've planned to do. So Paul reminds us, he reminds this church, whatever you're facing, afflictions are momentary. They're temporary. They're real. Make no mistake about it. They're real. But remember that in God's scheme of things, in the scheme of eternity, those things are temporary. This too shall pass. And so we are renewed, or we pray for renewal, in our faith, day by day. We seek God, day by day. Whatever is in front of us. And we trust, because that's something you can't see. We can't see God. John, in his letters to the church, notes that. He does it in this way. He says, don't tell me you love God who you can't see if you can't love the person that's right in front. We'll know, the church will know, people people will know that you love God by the way you love others. And Paul says, in a different way, people will know that you're being renewed in your faith, not because... They have seen God, but they have because they have seen God working and living in and through you. Christ living in us. That's the kind of renewal that Paul wants the church to pray for. That wants people, you, 
to pray for. Ministers to pray for. God, renew me day by day. Bless me in this day. Fred Craddock, in a prayer that he prayed every day, said it this way. God, thank you for giving me a day that's more important than how I feel about it. Renew. Day by day. In God's strength. Trusting and knowing that as you seek that, as you ask for that, God will provide it. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for presence, for strength for the moment, for strength for the day. Lord, we thank you that in this journey we do not travel alone. Lord, you put other people in our lives that journey with us. God, most important, you have promised us through Jesus Christ that you will be with us always. We praise you for that. God, Help us to claim that. Help us to live that day by day. In Jesus' name, amen.